0: What is up, y'all? I am back. My name is James, and this is the second episode of Jesus of a Sigh of hash browns. And let me tell you, I just wanted to first off by say thank you so much for the amount of support that I got um, for this podcast. I was not expecting it in any way, shape, or fashion. I was expecting nobody to listen to this podcast. And the fact that Nine of y'all now have listened to it, and it's only been I don't know, maybe six or seven days. It's just mind blowing to me. I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but hey, everybody's got to start somewhere. And you know, if I even get to spread the gospel and the teachings of the Bible to just one person, even if it's just to myself, if no one else listens to this, this at least is a way for me to be able to grow in my own spiritual faith. And for the people that listen to this, thank you. I hope this helps you as well. And I'm gonna continue doing this just because of the amount of feedback I've gotten, the amount of views I've gotten so far. I really appreciate it. And I'm gonna try to make a season out of this. And I'm gonna to try to do it at least once a week. It'll probably be released around the Thursday area. But without further ado, let's get into the second episode. So the title of this second episode is 7.6 billion murderers. I'm going to get to that in a second. But let's start off with just like we did the last episode. We have a verse of the day. Today it's actually two verses. It's Joel 2. So Joel chapter 2, 12 through 13. And it goes, even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. So, I mean, this really, really spoke to me today because this just shows how amazing God is. And this is God saying, Come to me with everything that you've got. And let me show you me let me show you my love and today we're going to go through kind of a part of the greatest example of love ever to be put on the face of the planet and that is the gospel now with a twist though most people have heard of the gospel in some way shape or fashion whether you're a Christian or not God sent his son through Mary to grow up and teach the world about God and spread love and change the world. And then at the end of his life, he died on the cross carrying the weight of our sin and hatred and everything. And three days later, he rose again. Probably 75% to 80% of all people in the world, I hope, at least have heard that regardless of whether or not they believe it. Now, what I'm going to be talking about is I'm not actually going to be talking about Jesus or any of the major stories of it because you guys have heard that already. Today, I'm going to be talking about Barabbas. Now, if you're someone that's not active in church, or even if you are active in church, Barabbas isn't talked about a lot. Barabbas is just some dude that pops in and pops out in the gospel. But yet, he's extremely important to how the gospel is panned out. So, let's start in that. And the passages that I'm going to be reading from, I've got... Basically in the gospel, in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, there are four different accounts of Barabbas. It's all the same story. It's all about what happens between Barabbas and Jesus. And in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, four different people, they all see almost identical accounts with slight differences in you know what goes on as jesus is being crucified so without further ado let's get into that first off we're going to talk about who in the freaking world is barabbas and again in four different accounts let's just start off by saying this dude is bad i mean this dude you want to talk about people that are messed up in this world this dude is just not, I mean, this dude is clearly someone who, in by humanity standards, has done a lot of those top-tier sins. Even though most sins are all seen, you know, by God as sins, humanity, you know, as you guys already know, kind of has tiers for sins. You know, we have things that we charge as felonies versus misdemeanors. We have things that we don't even consider criminal charges. Stuff like that. So according to the book of Matthew, first off, in Matthew 27, 15 through 18, I'll read it real quick. So for context, Jesus is before Pilate and so is Barabbas and it's Passover. And one of the traditions of Passover is that it's called the Yom Kippur tradition. I'm terrible at pronunciation basically during Passover one prisoner gets set free and one dies and these two people just happen to be Jesus and Barabbas so let's get into who Barabbas is first in Matthew 27 15 through 18 it reads now it was the governor's pilots custom at that festival to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd at that time they had a well-known prisoner Whose name was jesus barabbas we'll get into that in a second so when the crowd had gathered pilate asked him which one do you want me to release to you jesus barabbas or jesus who is called the messiah for he knew it was out of self-interest that they had handed jesus over to him now jesus barabbas in direct this is the niv version of the bible and not every version has this But I picked this, and I normally read out the NIV version. Jesus Barabbas is a direct translation for Son of the Father. Not everybody knows exactly what Son of the Father necessarily means. But some people believe that, you know, Son of the Father can mean simply just the Son of a human. It could mean the son of the father being like a Jewish religious leader. There's a lot of things it could be, but my take of it is regardless, Barabbas is a human. He is not some amazing identity that should be worshiped and amazed and all that. But regardless, he was a popular dude. He was a popular criminal. Now let me get into Mark, Luke and John now. Now, in Mark 15, verse 7, I'll read verse 6 too. So, Mark 15, verse 6 says, Now it was the custom at the festival to release a prisoner whom the people requested. A man called Barabbas was in prison with the insurrectionists who had committed murder in the uprising. The crowd came up and asked Pilate to do for them what he usually did. So, so far, we've got... He's human, and he's a murderer, okay? And he's an insurrectionist. So this guy sounds like one of those people that would kill somebody and start an uprising. That's happened a lot in history, hasn't it? I mean, we can think back, you know, with the murder of Archduke Francis Ferdinand. I mean, that started an entire world war, and look what happened to it. But anyway, continuing on. Now we're in Luke, Luke chapter 23, verse 19, we'll read verse 18 for context. Verse 18 says, but the whole crowd shouted away with this man, release Barabbas to us. And verse 19 in parentheses, it says, Barabbas had been thrown into prison for an insurrection in the city and for murder. And then finally in John, is John chapter 18, Verse 40, it's the very last verse of the chapter. Verse 40 says, they cried out again, not this man, but Barabbas, and Barabbas was a robber. So, overall, Barabbas isn't a cool dude. This dude is a rebel, he's an insurrectionist, he's a murderer, and he's a robber. And these are are four different people St. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that all are, I mean, we would consider them good people. They were followers of Jesus, or if they weren't followers of Jesus, they were followers of disciples that were followers of Jesus. These were good people. And all four of these guys would classify Barabbas as either insurrectionist, a murderer, a robber or a rebel, in some way shape or fashion so but let, let's keep that in mind as we're going on through the story so now I'm going to go back I'm gonna read Matthew 27 and I'm gonna read a let from 11 all the way to 26 so let me get through all of that and then we'll keep going okay so verse 11 starts off Jesus has been Betrayed by by Judas, Judas has hung himself, and Jesus is now before Pilate, getting basically trial for what you know, what essentially he hasn't even done. So, verse eleven starts off. Meanwhile, Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, "Are you the King of the Jews?" jesus replies you have said so verse 12 when he was accused by the chief priests and the elders he gave no answer verse 13 then Pilate asked him don't you hear the testimony they are bringing against you verse 14 but jesus made no reply not even a single charge to the great amazement of the governor verse 15 now it was the governor's custom at the festival to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd At that time, they had a well-known prisoner whose name was Jesus Barabbas. Again, we talked about that. That means son of the father. Verse 17. So when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, which one do you want me to release to you? Jesus Barabbas or Jesus who is called the Messiah? So again, son of the father or the son of God. Verse 18. For he knew it was out of self-interest that they had handed Jesus over to him verse 19 when pilate was saying on the judge's seat his wife sent him this message don't have anything to do with that innocent man for i have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him verse 20 but the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for barabbas and to have jesus executed which of the two do you want me to release to you asked the governor and the crowd answered barabbas Verse 22 What shall I do then with Jesus who is called the Messiah? Pilate asked. And they all answered, crucify him. Verse 23, why? What crime has he committed? Asked the Pilate. But again, the crowd shouted louder, crucify him. Verse 24, when Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere but that instead an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. And said i am innocent of this man's blood he said it is your responsibility and the people answered his blood is on us and on our children then he released barabbas to them but he had jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified so that was a lot to read but but let's focus on that let's focus on what's kind of going on here in this story so Again, like I mentioned before, Yom Kippur is the official tradition that's happening. It's Passover. And the tradition is that one prisoner gets set free, and one dies. And the crowd chose Jesus to be crucified. Now, if you're sitting there, like in a movie theater, watching a movie, in a crowd or a character or something does really stupid, you know, you're standing there with your popcorn and you're like M&Ms, like just having a good time, and someone does re- something really dumb. We as people seeing movie theater, a lot of times we're like, well, that's dumb. And then that that's how a lot of people when they read this passage, they get that sensation. They're like, Why did they kill Jesus? That's stupid. He's literally the perfect example. He's the son of God. Keep in mind, these are the same crowds that only a few days ago were worshiping him and laying him with palm leaves. And I mean, Jesus is a popular dude, but yet they still chose Barabbas over killing Jesus. Why is that? There's a couple reasons. And one of these is that I'll have to try to find it, but basically in Matthew it is talked about that, and I'll try to find the wording, but there are religious leaders and elders and chiefs within the crowd that try to persuade The death of Jesus. And so, again, like for example, in Mark 15 3, it says, the chief priests accused him of many things. So, again, Pilate asked him, Aren't you going to answer? You know, see how many things you're being accused of. The chief priests were accusing him. They were trying to get the crowd riled up, and they did a good job of it, might I add. And basically, after they did this, they chose Barabbas. And the weird thing is, Pilate saw Jesus' innocence. If you look back in the book of Matthew, Pilate asked why. What crime has he committed? That was verse 23 in Matthew. But the crowd still said, crucify him. They had thrown away any form of fair trial or logic or anything that we as modern humans consider today a requirement in trial. You know, obviously for us, we consider innocent until proven guilty, for the most part. And we have a system of government that try that's designed to try and make things as fair as possible for people during trial. But all it took was some religious leaders to get together and say, I'm accusing Jesus of this, this, and this, and choose Barabbas over Jesus. Please do it. And the crowd got angry and furious and riled up, and they chose Barabbas over Jesus. And one of the reasons for that, even with you know, other people persuading them. If you're sitting there in modern day society today and someone's trying to persuade you to do something, a lot of times we have the logical reasoning, especially during a trial, to step back and say, okay, why am I being persuaded? What is happening and all that? But this was so spiritually and emotionally charged that the crowd didn't do that. Crowell was just like kill Jesus we want him out we're done we want Barabbas now let me go back to Barabbas if you don't remember Barabbas was a rebel he was a murderer he was an insurrectionist and he was a robber Barabbas based on the fact that he was an insurrectionist and he was a rebel he was probably a rebel against the Roman government And the crowd was very much charged into wanting the overthrowing of the Roman government at this time. And so because of that, the crowd aligned more with the sinful mannerisms of rebellion to topple Rome over Jesus's turn the other cheek loving ways. This crowd gravitated towards sin, which is huge. let me ask you a question how often that you can think of in your mind in your past life just don't even look at your whole life just think of one memorable time within the past year i'll challenge you to the past year that you know you gravitated towards sin over gravitating towards christ how often in your life have you chosen to prioritize something we think is important by human standards over what we know is important in god's love in this passage in all this jesus did nothing wrong jesus was the son of god he was the king of kings i mean this dude is the messiah he was going around healing people not killing people he was the perfect example and the only perfect example we have in human form in the bible but yet they chose jesus to die and jesus died carrying the sin and carrying the weight of the sin that barabbas committed barabbas was the murderer barabbas was the robber barabbas was the insurrectionist he's the one that deserved to die but yet Jesus carried that weight of sin with him. And now allow me to point out that we in some way are Barabbas too. And that's the point of the title of this episode 7.6 billion murderers. Of course, I'm not everybody's killed people. I hope not. But we all are messed up too, like Barabbas, in the sense that we all sin and we all fall short of the glory of God. And everything that we do in our world is full of sin and demoralization and idol worship and hatred and murder and rape and all these other things. And we deserve what punishment and judgment comes from our sinning. But yet God loves us so much That he sent his son to die for you and carry the weight of your sin off of you so you can have an everlasting relationship with God and life with God after you pass off this earth and that is the gospel is that not an amazing story even though Barabbas should have died Jesus did and Jesus carried the weight of Barabbas, just like he carried the weight of your sin too. If that's not a reason to love God, if that's not a reason to take this message, take this amazing and terrible story at the same time and spread it to the world, then I don't know what is. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I've had a lot of fun this episode.